is Haunted Garage. I'm your host, Frankie, and with me, as always, Jeremy David King. So strap in, smash that pedal, and ride with us down the paranormal highway. Let's debunk and find the truth behind every ghost story in the world of transportation. Welcome to Haunted Garage. Let's rev it. Welcome back to Haunted Garage. My name's Frankie, and with me as always, Jeremy David, 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 King. Hey. Hey, buddy. What's up? How are you doing? It's Haunted Garage, and so many people are expecting this episode tomorrow. They'll probably get it Tuesday. But at the end of the day, we're back. We're here. We're here. And this is a new segment called Haunted Garage Driving with Horror Queen Cirque. Ooh, that was nice. I liked that. Did you like that? I'll put some yeah. effects behind that because, yeah, it would make more scary. Now, it's weird because you are the horror queen, but your last name is King. Hmm. Well, you can't have a king without its queen. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> and you're my queen, dear. Yes. And today what we're reviewing is our horror film festival that Sarah was basically the judge's coordinator and got to sit through all the films, not even the ones that were selected. And... Honestly, it was really hard to choose. Even the ones that weren't selected were good films, and these people have um, they have a good footwork. I think that maybe next year they can compete. And, and how do you compete, right? Well, the first year is always tough because you don't know what the festival is going to bring. Now, with the website, hauntedgaragehorrorfest.com, you can actually see who our winners were, who they are. And so you, as a team, as a film crew, can be like, can we compete in these areas? And so we first did micro short, right, under six minutes. Then we did a short film, which could be under 50 minutes. Anything over 50 minutes is considered a feature film. And then, of course, we had the student film category. So how did it break up for you, Sarah? How how were you and Jeremy kind of getting through these to set them up for Max Foise, who's amazing, amazing movie critic guy, sits on all the panels for major. So you have major critics looking at your films. So before we got everything to Max and then Ryan, Ryan Foise and Max Foise are cousins. They're both very intelligent people when it comes to film, and they look for all different things. How was it, how how hard was that? Because we started, I think, in June, and you guys yes. were just watching slews of films. So yeah, we did. Well, it was insanely hard, also being parents. So every oh. evening, um, but I started with all the shorts because then I could really focus in on those and then get myself diving deep into the actual features. But notes, I'm a big, big, big note person. So I have to leave myself mass amounts of notes. Um, every little awesome effect here or um, comment here, then I had to make myself some notes so I can go back and and really have that competition up. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah, and did you have a narrowing system? Like I saw some of your notes after because I'm a festival director, so I really don't have a lot of input towards towards the end. There is when I kind of group up with the judges and try to get them like, why do you think this film? And then I'll sit there and watch because we had 21 selectees of the 300 films that were entered. 21 makes it, and if that's if you're listening out there and you're a filmmaker, you know a filmmaker is like this is a heavy steeded competition, and it's not a it's not a free competition. You got to pay to enter, but you also pay to play. And we gave out five hundred dollars to the to the best uh, best of fest, right? And then we gave around two hundred fifty dollars to the um, to the um, Missouri winner, and then we gave a hundred dollars to the best short film, and then student film also picked up two hundred fifty dollars. So this is actually one of the only genre specific film festivals that pays out. You don't see that a lot, especially in the horror genre where everything's mostly low budget. 
So $500 can go a long way in a horror film, as you guys both know. Oh, yeah. So what we'll do first is we'll talk about our, um, let's talk about our micro short that won. And that was uh, Spin to Win, I believe, right? Um, Micro short, yes, Spin to Win. Incredible. It was fun, right? Had a totally different take. And they packed so much into, was it about five Five and a half minutes, something like that. I think she was right at like almost six minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Different take, different masks. I mean, she kept it creative. It was fantastic. Right. It is a female director. It's her first film. Samantha Steinel, I believe, is her name. We taught, we called her. She's out and she rides his eyes in um, Colorado, and we all gave her a call because we know she couldn't make the festival. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, I just really needed to hear this right now, right? Um, and that would not be the only time we heard that from some of our directors, right? Like, they, you know, COVID is, it was a weird time for a lot of creatives. They sat at home, they started writing things. And I think we kind of heard that story over and over as the night progressed when we start watching these things. And like I said, all these films are up on our website. That's hauntedgaragehorrorfest.com. Um, you will be able to submit your film as early as May 1st. So we're getting that guys out there. And like I said, the first two episodes of Haunted Garage Drive-In will consist of our films that we selected and the ones that actually won. So we're going right now through Spin to Win, which was our micro short film that's under six minutes, uh, directed by uh, Samantha Steinel, who is out of Colorado. I hope, hope I'm saying her name um, correctly, her last name correctly. But um, what was about this film that was so engaging? Because, you know, you have six minutes to do a film. You don't have a lot to really, you can't really build character development that. But she found a way to kind of do that. Um, so, you know, Jeremy, what was your takeaway from Spin the One? Well, it reminded me of a movie. I think it was the ABCs of Horror. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the one was, but I mean, it was it was pretty graphic. It was like a game show like that, but they had to masturbate and, and the first one to shoot mm-hmm. survives. Wow. And it kind of... It kind I of, know exactly what that is, yeah. ABCs. Yep. And it reminded me of that, except it actually had, there was more to it. Right. And and the ABC of Horror one, that one was probably 10 minutes long. Right. Because it's a, that's a anthology of 26 movies. And it kind of reminded me of that, but I thought it was better. I thought it was better because there was this character development. There was true terror, where the other one, it's just, it's just there for graphic. Yeah, so the ABCs was more graphic versus yeah. Samantha's film, which was Spin the Wind, which was more character development. I mean, you you kind of the, the, it opens up and and these people are already kidnapped, right? So she she took away the the front story, right? The the forward she takes that away, and these people are already in the position to be Spin the Wind, and and the, and and without giving it totally away, but you're having to they don't even get to spin. The the no. people are spinning, you know, these people that are basically, and it's it's. You're winning what death you get. There is no out. There was no escape on the spin the wind wheel. Like you're, you know, you can die by a, a bow and arrow, or you can die by a shotgun, or or all these different ways of dying. And so it was just a very. Can you imagine being like it, it was terrifying? I think to to it a, was. I agree with that. And just like some of these classic horror movies, where they were like, "This is the worst movie ever made," and there's really nothing to see, right? Because it's all in your head. They leave everything up to your imagination. Yeah, it was... It was so good. Yeah. Well, and it really got me, too, that the way she did the camera was also spinning around them the whole time. Mm -hmm. So it just tied it all back in because you're like, okay, so where are they going to go next with this? So it keeps you... The pacing was fantastic. Yeah. 
and the acting was outstanding as well. I think oh, that that's something that we that you really you know you really have to consider when you're doing a micro short, um, even a, a short film, right? I mean, when you have a feature film, clearly you have a budget. You should have a budget. Or, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday. If like if you're going to do a, a feature film, you better decide up front what kind of acting you're doing. You're going to do the cheesy acting, like you saw that in Maastricht, Maastricht, uh, Massacre, Academy. Massacre Academy, right? It was just cheesy. It's very like it was it was on the nose, and they wanted it to be that way. And it was good because of it. It was phenomenal because. And it of was it. there every step of the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and you keep you keep um, you're really wanting to exacerbate how much um, time is going into not only how you're critiquing things as a, as a film director, but also how, how the pacing of the film is. And I think that you saw that, right? All our winners had great pacing. It was like, okay, I'm still engaged. I'm still engaged. And a lot of people don't know what pacing is. What pacing is, is like, if you get bored 15 minutes into a film, it's bad pacing. It's not, Truth. it's not, it's not good pacing. It's not what, you know, it, and I've done that. I find you fell asleep in a couple of the ones that we didn't select. And it was just like, <laughs> I can't, can't yep. get through it. And there were films that we had that were selected that some of them, they broke apart for us and they were too on the nose, but they were intending to do something else. And although the Mm -hmm. writing might've been there and the acting might've been there, um, when you're so easy to predict, it's not an engaging film. You gotta have a twist. And so you see that in some of the ones that we selected, of course. There's some with heck of twists. Yeah. 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 And one in particular would be our short film winner, Safe oh, yeah. Ride. So Safe Ride was produced by Jim Jenkins and uh, Adam Flowers, correct? Yes. So Adam Flowers, and then it was directed by Randy Rambo. Um, and here's a film that's a St. Louis tribute film. Um, mm-hmm. Take us through it, Sarah. What, this film is another one that's really engaging, very hard to judge. It was just fantastic. It just started out. Um, she had to call herself basically an Uber, but they call it Safe Ride. Um, and she gets in the car, um, thinks everything's great. She has to go somewhere. They decide, she realizes, oh, can I stop by the market, you know, on the way? And he's like, oh, yeah, sugar. The acting was fantastic. Got her there, um, waited around. She gets back in the car. And he's like, you want to hear a joke or do you want to, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to hear a joke. And he nailed the lines, got the joke beautifully. You'll have to watch it to, to hear this wonderful joke. Yeah. Um, we'll just say Timbuktu. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> and then it just kind of flips. They pull into a different area and it's a totally different screenplay. And he turns into a totally different actor yeah. and a whole different person. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely had an on-screen performance that was commanding. Um, the one foul-up in the films that we saw, and you see them across the board, especially when you're independent filmmakers and you're trying to do this all on a budget and you have time and you have time constrictions, it's not like you can go back and shoot stuff and reshoot stuff. Um, they had some issues with their cinematography um, where the lens gets dirty at some point and it's right. never, you see these spots and it's like, it's daunting. And we chose, I mean, the, the, even the when it, when it came down to it, um, Jeremy with the, with the, the main judges on the scene like we were able to look past that because once again um, we're a different type of film festival we're a feedback film festival and everything is subjective and even what we're saying is subjective you might Truth. love that that happened right so awesome but what we're giving you is is a real indication of how bold and how big some of these films can be within the time frames that they're given um, the kill scene 
hurt them a little bit, hurt the actor um, towards the end. And I won't go too specific in it because I want the audience to kind of find this film and watch it. But the kill scene's wrong. Um, being stabbed in that location, you would not make a sound. And having people and friends that watched it that were in special forces, they indicated, like, that's bullshit. And, and they'll call bullshit on it immediately. Um, and so that's what happens in, in types of these types of films. So what was your takeaway from uh, Safe Ride, Jeremy? That guy in the trunk was hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so as the actor, the person, the person that you yeah. that played the person in the trunk. Yeah. This person in the trunk doesn't have any lines or anything. No, he has no lines, but man. He makes a great dead guy. Yeah. So the yeah. crew, the crew was very. It's, and they it's, were all there. Yeah. And they were all very pleasant. We, we talked to them quite a bit. It seemed like a fun set to be on. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I so. agree 100%. Yeah. And the the twist at the end, it was you know, it's another one that has we'll the twist, and yeah. and it's like, whoa, not where I thought this was. No, going. not at all. And I think that's what people love about Safe Ride. Yep. Um, and it's something that we've all thought about, right? If we've taken an Uber, if you've taken a Lyft, right? It's, even if you're in a taxi cab, you've always thought about these things, and and not to give too much of it away, but this. And you really can't give it away because even you may, oh, yeah, I know what happens. You really don't because it's even deeper than that. Yeah. And I think they're really harping on today's subjects of, you know, how these things are happening, how these things are occurring. So it was a great screenplay. It was a fun movie. Um, it's more of a thriller suspense, but we accept thriller suspense films because mm -hmm. they are in the horror genre because it's, it's psychologically scary. Right. Um, to, to all. Like I it. still, you know, Sixth Sense. A lot yeah. of people are like, oh, that's not a horror movie. I am, I totally disagree with that. Yeah. It's a ghost story for sure. Yeah. Right. And then we'll move right to our student film, which was uh, Vincent Augusto. It was one of our only sci-fi films. It was a phenomenal film. I didn't even realize a student had done the work. And you guys did see this one. This was a crazy and just in phenomenal acting from a student um, doing a film and he had vi visual effects that were amazing mm -hmm. um, and just the it, once again it's in that short film time frame where he has to get a lot in um, and he has to build story development and he has to build character development and then this beautiful twist inside the film it's shot beautifully the sound is great you don't we really have a lot of leniency with student films, right? They might not mm -hmm. have the best sound equipment. They might not have the best cameras. But in this case, they had the best of everything. And Truth. And it was uh, we had another student film, which we'll talk about, which was Ashley Searing's film, Last, um, Last Bite. Yep. Correct. Oh, that one was great, And that's too. a micro, micro show. It was about a minute and 30, and it was the audience's favorite. It was, it was just this cute um, film uh, that was all done by Stop Mation, Stop Animation, where she used her own... Um, you know her own toys and her own bags and she had this really good concept um, mm -hmm. about a vampire's last bite um, and he's actually using it like a like a delivery service of food like an uber eats or something and it's <laughs> yeah. a really yeah. funny film that was really good to have in our film festival because we had some intense films right um, but of our student films they were both selected um, and so Ashley and and Vincent just really went toe-to-toe -to -toe there for a second but at the end of the day you got to look at how much goes into a student's film. And although Ashley's had a really good concept and a really cute concept, you know, at the end of the day, you have a movie like Abducted where, I mean, he could take that to the next level. We didn't even realize it was a student film. Right. And that's really was the surprise catch to it all. So I don't know if you guys have anything more on Abducted to say or share. No, it was, 
It's phenomenal. Short, sweet, to the point. I loved it. Short, sweet, to the point. It was our only sci-fi horror film. We want to see more sci-fi next next year. That would be really great. And so from there, we will move to our um, best feature film. And Sarah, you want to lead us with that one? So best feature. Massacre Academy. Massacre Academy. Oh, goodness gracious. That had me rolling the entire time. Yes, and I that mean, was directed by Mark Cantu out of yeah. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I loved it. I loved it. That was one of actually, that was the first feature we watched. It was. And it stuck with us the entire time. It, it was because that's the, I like campy, goofy, on the nose horror. And it did not take itself seriously. That one girl's roller skating and she falls down, and the dude's like, You're getting really good. You look good out there, Deb. I look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the the writing, the comedic writing for this film, because it's it's a it's a it's a slashic, right? It's a it's oh a, yeah, it's a slasher '80s type of film. It reminds me of our brother's film, Antonio. Um, oh yeah, Pontia. He he does one must fall. So this one is another one of these amazing funny films. I really wish he could have stayed and watched this one. I know I'm going to put him and Mark Cantu together, and, and 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 Anthony needs to watch this one. Antonio needs to watch this one because um, it it does play a lot of um, homage to some of the films. Yeah. If the, one Must Fall, right? I mean, I'm sure Mark has seen One Must Fall, or if he hasn't, he's definitely going to want to jump on board. He's, yeah, he's in, the, he's in the same wheelhouse of, like, throwback 100%. 80s slasher. With the writing style of the 80s. Because yes. the 80s was trying to intend to be, like, scary. Oh, yeah. But they came off as comedic, and, and they nailed it. I mean, the, the scene with Riot Ronnie, and, and it's <laughs> oh the best gosh. kill. Dude, Actually, that's one, my best spine! Kill. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one best kill scene and his spine's being rubbed and he goes into full falsetto. Oh, it was great. It was a phenomenal, well scripted, well acted film. I mean, the cop was hilarious too. Oh, yeah. The cop had me rolling, dude. When he goes into that hole, he's trying to explain something and it just goes, it goes down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I think I got rid of everything when I spewed at the crime scene. Wait, she's dead? That's kind of what I meant when I said that she made a grand exit from life. Look, we're trying to keep this quiet for the next 24 hours. We don't need the town going all apeshit because uh, Debbie's dead. And from what we're piecing together, I think maybe the character that did it is wearing a clown mask. Now, I know that that makes me sound crazy, kind of like a bad B movie. Think of the plot of Jaws 2, where I'm the washed up cop who's had too much to drink, and admittedly I have. And then I start seeing things everywhere, like uh, like sharks around every corner, or clowns, or, or shark clowns wherever I look. You kind of get my eye. <laughs> Everybody's just like looking at them. I mean, if you haven't watched Massacre Academy, find it, see where it's playing at the next film festival, and make sure you check it out. It's Mark Cantu. You can follow him. Um, well, and don't forget with Massacre Academy, the vehicles. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. What was it? 85 IROC was in that. There was a, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. I'm actually carrying up thinking about that one. <laughs> but that detective was just, I was dying when I was watching it. Because it was like, I even texted Mark at the festival, and I'd already known that 
that the judges had chosen Massacre Academy because it was a horror festival, right? Yeah. And it's not to say that a, that a thriller suspense can't win at a horror festival, right? But understand that you are playing with guys like Mark Cantu, you are playing with guys like William McCullough out of uh, Savannah Haunting, you're playing with guys like an Antonio Pantia. These are independent horror filmmakers, and so you got to go above and beyond if you're going to enter a horror film festival and win in the thriller suspense category. Right. It can be done. It's done a lot. You just said it. Sixth Sense is an Academy mm-hmm. Award-winning nominated film. Um, so you you start to see the edge of it. But when you're at a horror festival and, you, and you're playing this and you get about 65, 70 people in the audience and you're playing Massacre Academy. And they're all laughing at the right spots. And they're right all laughing. Spots. Exactly. And it's not this kind of uh, sadistic or sarcastic or it was just they're laughing. And I'm like, I, I'm texting Mark and I'm emailing him. I'm like, I wish you were here because he's out of Pittsburgh. Right. And I'm like, they're loving this film. They are oh, laughing yeah. through this film. Um, and so you just nailed it in so many aspects. I mean, to come into it and have everything on the TV, old TV playing, ending it the same way. And like we said before, the pacing was incredible because it just kept your attention, had the laughs. It had some gruesome, what could have been more gruesome scenes if you weren't laughing the whole time. Yeah. But it was just, it hit the nail on the head. All throughout the whole feature, it kept you kept right. there. And he's post 60 minutes. This is a feature film. It was 75 minutes, I think it broke to. But he also has a great concept. It's a good story. Yeah. You have these cops that put away a crazy serial killer that used to wear a clown mask. And then he's dead. He's in prison. Everybody thinks he's dead. He's in prison. And there's this crazy, once again, Shift Films is putting this on. We're looking for the shift in the film. We're looking for the twist. And this is why it, 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 it legs out Fresh Hell. It legs out a Savannah Haunting, um, which we'll get into in a little bit. But the, the, the idea, the very idea of Massacre Academy winning Best Feature at our festival is exactly all-encompassing horror. It has True. a great story. It has great acting. It has great slash. It has some great bloody scenes. And it makes you fucking laugh. All at the same time, it's making you laugh. And that is what people does. And this is what, right. um, what is it, Colton Shribner, who was there the first night, and he did his entire... Um, and hopefully we can have him again next year. But he did his entire speech, this, what we call you know TED Talks. We do dead talks. And he talked about um, the psychological benefits of horror films. And this is one of those films where he, there's a lot of release. There's a lot of like de-stressing. And he loved Massacre Academy. This is exactly really set up his talk the night before. So I Truth. thought that that was just phenomenal. Like when, And that's why we put him there, right? We put him there on Friday night. And you listen to the psychological benefits of horror films. And, and then, then you're watching them. And then right. you don't so have to feel bad laughing like I do sometimes. Exactly. Right. You know, you watch, I watch, I'm a big fan of Eli Roth, mm-hmm. and he wants you to laugh at the worst parts possible. Sure. Like he always wants you to laugh at the most disgusting thing. And uh, I usually do. <laughs> Almost always. <laughs> I mean, there's been, when I remember seeing Hostel in the theater, yeah. and people didn't want to walk out next to me because I'm laughing at all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 Massacre Academy did that same thing. Absolutely, it yeah. had you laughing when they when they tear him in pieces. And, you right. know, like, and I'm glad you're talking about laughing right now. So we're going to move to our best dark comedy, which was Cook with the Heart. Yes, oh, which was just it was um, so awesome. You, I yeah. watched that probably twenty different times just because <laughs> I adored it. Every aspect of that was just. Yeah, and they, in our studios here, we actually have the board. It says me someplace yes. there. Um, we just have it, and we actually sent it to her on. on if you watch, if you uh, go on Haunted Garage, the Haunted Garage Instagram, make sure you're following us. We're almost over 300 followers. We want enough followers up here. We want to really support 
people in our industry, the film as shift films segues into true crime, as shift films segues into um, more of the very audacity and ideas of true crime but also horror our genres those are the things that truly make sense those are the things that make sense for us of a film company so make sure you're following us at the haunted garage you get to see some clips from the movies you get to see all these wonderful um films that we're talking about and where you can find them out and then that website once again is um haunted garage horrorfest.com make sure you get on there you subscribe you know when they're coming in right now you could already it says submit your film. Go ahead and click that button, and you can basically be on a watch list from Film Freeway. So you know when our festival opens, you'll get a notification and saying, all right, it's time to submit your film. And we have three different deadlines. So we really want to get that all-encompassing thing out there. So not to get too sidetracked, but Cook with the Heart picks up the best dark comedy, which was tough because we just talked about Massacre Academy, right? which was a very dark comedy. But at the yeah. same time, they presented it as a slashic. And so that's why it moved out of dark comedy, right? So A Cook With A Heart is a really fun, small cast film, about 23 minutes. Um, just maybe maybe a little shorter than 13. that. 13. 13. Yeah, it is. It's a little shorter than that. And it's dry. I, told you I, I love how like dry times. they... <laughs> yeah. How, how dry they play. Yes. And it's just so just... They, and it yeah. was still a unique storyline. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I mean, they kept it to the times, but it was it was still unique and just hysterical i mean you think it's going to go one way when she's talking just interviewing someone and then it just flips again and you're like wait what and everything just adds up and then there's another twist that comes in and another twist that comes in and you're like wait what but you're laughing the entire time absolutely it's it's wonderful so directed by um mike hayhurst and um i think allison hayhurst is um his spouse i think she's actually the main actress in the film i just want to double check that real quick and make sure that i have that right yeah it's definitely michael or Mike Hayhurst is as how he's going. And um, you, you just, I mean, when I'm looking at these reviews, they're just phenomenal. In, in Film Freeway, you get kind of all the magic behind, you know, how things break out, you know, with certain things. And, and, and Cook With The Heart actually also picked up great original score. Judith Moy actually made this beautiful music that just kept you, and people don't realize the, the impact that a score has on a film. You just can't pick up some kind of royalty-free music and make it work with your film. We no. have too many filmmakers like pick up the music first and then try to make their film fit with it. You need original composing because that's what carries you and the pacing of the film. And right. Judith Moy does this amazing job of kind of bringing up this little light beat when you have a person, and the best way to describe it was Ryan Foise. It was like if The Office had one of the coworkers was a cannibal, because um, it's really shot. That's this. exactly what it's I said like. They too. just follow Creed Bratton. Yes, because he does all this messed up shit all the time. Yeah, where you know it's like uh, there's been a murder, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> or the time that he's like walks in and he's covered in blood, and they're like, oh, how fortuitous! It's Halloween, you yeah. know, like he had just killed somebody. Yeah, it's it's. It's one of those films that, like, you will think about, like we do. I mean, we have it in our studio just to, to remind ourselves that this is what good writing looks like mixed with great acting, a great composition. Um, you know, you don't even – and you negate the cinematography, but the cinematography is tough for those types of things because you're making it look like a reality TV show. Exactly. Right. Without cheesing it up, without actually putting in, like, adding a LUT or a lookup table or something like that. Well, you're actually filming it that way. And that's kind of why it matches The Office a little bit because Correct. it doesn't the have zooms. that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the interviews in between. Uh-huh. And when they put the mic on 
Yes, the, the ghost. The ghost. It was. Just, I lost. <laughs> I lost my shit too. And like, he just happened to have an English accent, which was even better. I'm like, yeah. So we just want to put this on you, I guess. I just don't. I've never been this close to a ghost before. So. Hey, this is new um, for me. So. My name is Pete Robinson. I died, or I I was killed, and then I appeared in the bathroom as a um, a ghost. Have I ever been murdered and then not been able to pass on to the next realm and been stuck in the mortal plane? No, funnily, funnily enough, that's actually never happened to me before. It was a great idea. It was a great break from watching. Once again, when you have these dark comedies mixed in with slashics and movies like Safe, right? And you got to spin the wind where you're like, oh my God, these people end up dead regardless of whatever they, you know, you have these nice little breaks between, you're watching 21 films in one day. It's a lot. Right. It's a lot. So people are coming and going. And so some of the films that will lead us to Best of Fest, um, and Best of Fest puts us at some guy, Matt Neal, Ryan Emhoff, Emhoff, sorry, Ryan Emhoff, they became fast friends. We became fast friends with these guys. We're, we're friends on Facebook. We're following them. Yep. We're following their work. We're watching them win at other festivals. We're watching them win at um, Horror Hound, I think, out in Ohio, which is a big festival. They premiered there. We're watching these guys get movie deals. We're watching these guys just come to life. We have filmmakers that were in our audience already sending scripts to Ryan's performance in this, which... To this day, I mean, we, we will talk about in the next episode all the other stuff, the cinematography, the best screenplay. We'll talk all about that in the next episode about these films and what else won at our festival. But really, when you look at our body of work that came out of the festival, Fresh Hell was at the top of the peak. They walked away with $500. They were the best of fest. Ryan and his, two, and his parents came down. Matt was unable to make it. But Ryan came down with his parents. So his parents were there watching this horror film where he's doing frontal nudity. And it's this great, <laughs> and I don't like torture porn. I'm not a torture porn fan. And it is definitely a torture straight porn. Shout down. Shout out to Ryan's mom, too. Oh, I amazing. loved her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and his dad was great. We're talking to Yeah, both of his <laughs> parents, like, and uh, sit there and watch that whole, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Remember when we, me and Sarah were standing outside together and when they came up, and I was like, oh, is everything all right down there? And, <laughs> and, and he's like, like oh, yeah. And his mom's like, I changed his diapers. Yes. <laughs> Watch Fresh Hell, you'll know what we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, and we don't want to really, like, that. that is a, it's a major shock value of the film. At the same time, um, the film encompasses more. Oh, yeah, because right? that's I, I early wanna, on. Exactly. I want to say that, too, because a lot of times, well, people are, oh, they're just trying to be, like, showing male frontal is shock. And it is. It's shock value because we're not used to seeing it. And anytime you do see it in the film, it's usually coming from foreign territories it's coming from right. national films and so when you do it in america it's even in horror films it's very rare it's rare to see that unless you're doing something like cannibal holocaust right when you get right. into more of the green inferno you're getting into more of the nudity more of the eating but in this particular film it talks a lot about not only covid but what was happening in the world so it's encompassing in the fact of you know, here you go. You have people. It starts out. Everybody's on a Zoom call. Not Laura. Hello there. <laughs> hi, 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 buckos. Hi. Who is this guy? You guys, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Do we know you? Do you know you? Beg your pardon. You do not know yourself. <laughs> <laughs> 
And this is something very reminiscent for people so people could relate to it. Oh, yeah. And we talked about, um, before we knew Ryan was going to come, we talked to him about his film holding up in 10 years, which was our fear at first. Right. But then when you think about it, it's kind of like 9-11. You know, anytime you see those towers go down, it brings you back into that moment. Anytime yep. you see a Zoom call from here on out, you're always going to think about when you were in, died, you know, avoiding a pandemic that had hit America after, you know, 100 years, you know, with the Spanish right. flu being the last one. So the film does a lot to support not only ideas but also in a very strange way and i'll just give away one of the kills that i thought was my favorite kill was when he's killing somebody he kept putting the snapchat filters on that was incredible <laughs> it was just i could not stop it was laughing. so weird and um, like nobody's done that he's got right. the dog with the tongue out and yeah yeah <laughs> It's never, no one's ever done Nobody's ever done that. And to even think something like that is just not only hilarious, but it's like, you know, know, somebody's crossed their mind about that. It's like, if I die and I'm doing a Snapchat. I mean, yeah. (laughs) And he's wrapped in Christmas lights. Yeah, yeah. It's just, um, yeah. So it was definitely, again, one of those things like with the Eli Roth movie where he wants you to laugh at some of the worst parts. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like when that specific frontal nudity scene was very Eli Roth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Green Inferno for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and uh, this is a guy that... Um, and, and Ryan has a commanding performance. You could, you could, I knew the minute that I saw him, I'm like, this guy's a stage actor. He oh, yeah. has a, just a beautiful soul. He's, he's so... And when you meet him, he's the nicest guy in the world, humble as shit. And laid back. Laid, yeah, super you laid back. You would have never... Get, I didn't... Tall, dark, handsome, good-looking guy. And then when he gets on stage, he's, like, so into this performance. And like I said, I have no control over who wins the awards. Right. Um, But everybody looks for something different in something. So I'm sure that he's going to take home a lot more Best Picture. But I'm sure he's going to pick up Best Actor at some festivals. Oh, absolutely. Uh, We just had so much competition in so many areas of the film. And it's really hard to compare acting from a six-minute film to a full Full feature. feature film where you're yeah. on screen more. But at the end of the day, as to one of my judges who I won't give his name out, he said this to me and it made perfect sense. He's like, it doesn't matter if you're on screen for six minutes or you're on screen for 90 minutes. Everybody remembers Harvey Keitel in Pulp Fiction. That's great acting. And he was only, I mean, it's the one scene. Yes. That's great He's acting. He's the wolf. Exactly. And those are the things that like they point out. That's why when you're entering this festival, you're getting great feedback because we are going to be harsh. We are, we are going to tell you <laughs> your child is homely because this is what needs to change if you're going to continue to make films. How do you compete at that level? I mean, there was some there was a rumor about like our festival being a younger festival, and it is. It was his first it year. It was the first year. It wasn't our first festival. It wasn't our first festival, though, and that was the difference. We had a lot of experience going into this. We knew what to look for. We knew that we wanted to make and engage the audience because we're not just going to throw stuff on screen because somebody entered it. We're not going to do that. I don't nope. care if I have three films. We're going to show the best. Right. Of the best. And so what our film festival does differently was that. And I think you saw that. I think people at the end, I had people coming up and saying, man, I really, I'm really sorry I missed the night before. To be honest, I thought it was just, just going to be a throwaway festival. Like, hey, it's a cool little local spot. There's just a bunch of people putting it on. But then when we went into your theater. You did the, you, you bought the big screen. We bought the big screen out. Yeah, we did. It was a big screen, great sound. And people got to sit comfortably in stadium theater because no one was in front of them. They were able to see the stage. see, And then for, for creatives, and, and this is some of the takeaways too. You don't get this at big festivals. No. Right. You can be selected. Your film doesn't screen. 
Truth. Nobody even knows your film. The thing, the a reason, big feedback we got. It's huge. Being able to watch each film on the big screen, on the big screen, and realized um, one of the films we'll talk about in the next episode. Um, and Ryan and Matt, you, if you're listening out there, amazing job. We can't wait for more work. We heard something in the grapevine that you might be on a network. I don't know if it's Shutter or something like that. But congratulations to all oh, that. Yeah, I, yeah. Congratulations. I, I, I we want to work with you, and we want to basically support the stuff that you're doing um, in the film arena. But one of the films too that like play, films play better on big screens. This is what we keep mm-hmm. forgetting when, when we're trying to buy pay-per-view. And I'm not I'm not one of these Scorsese or ho- God knows I'm not a Hollywood person. I despise it. I despise the the, the bureaucracy. I, I despise the politics. I despise everything because I'm about the art form. And this mm-hmm. is not a right-left issue. We, we promise to never get political. This is a bureaucracy thing that I can't stand in Hollywood. That if you have a lot of followers on Instagram, you're going to be the next lead actor or some crap like that. John Cusack right. was talking about this when he came to town. And, you know, at the end of the day, actors don't have to get into tights and capes to be great on screen. You know, there's there's a craft there that Hollywood's missing. That's why Hollywood keeps rebooting films. They have no ideas. They don't they have no new concepts. And that's why the independent film market is so much better. And they keep winning at the Academy. Parasite is a great idea. A couple of years ago, Parasite, a South Korean film, takes best picture. The first foreign film to ever do it. You know why? Because an original concept. Can I get you to watch it finally? I've been trying to get you to watch this movie for like five years. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been three. But yeah, but you should watch it because it is a horror film. It is a horrific psychological like wow and you can't you can't get behind i can't get behind films oh and everybody's like so excited about oh yet another marvel film i don't care it's the same concept you can't have a god on a team because it's a god he's so boring he's the the most boring him him and the alien king yeah his comic books were boring thor was terrible it's it's like it's it's like superman you're superman there is no competition oh you're afraid of a green rock shut up exactly a kryptonite get out of here in your green (laughs) weird it just doesn't look good on me daddy anyway so it's like you know the thing about those types and that's all hollywood can do hollywood's like oh yeah we got 400 billion dollars they just remake the same movie every other year with cgi CGI. and destroy it and that's what happens when you watch the alien series not to get in a tangent here alien one and two Phenomenal. The Alien and Aliens. That's it. Those are the only two in that series because they meant it. Well, I like Ron Perlman in four, but whatever. I love Ron Perlman. But um, one and two use Stan Winston. They use an actual real alien. So when that thing's on screen, it's actually on set too. Right. And there's a difference between talking to a little green guy with magnets on him right. versus an actual thing that could kill you if it malfunctions. So that... I mean, they had that real-life fear in Jaws, too. A hundred percent. The shark was malfunctioning the whole time. I love looking at the the behind-the-scenes of It, too. The new It. The new It's phenomenal. Watching their faces see Skarsgård. like, you know. Practical effects. his dad is incredible. Oh, still, yeah. Yeah, so his dad is in the new Dune. He was and, also in. You watch the the Exorcist prequels. Exorcist, yeah, and he yeah. did both. I mean, they cut both it. of them. Yeah, they just the same movie. Well, the whole family that. is actors, and they're but, all fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the the fifth film is way better, way better. The the recut's better. 
If, if, oh yeah, the, you don't have to watch four. Is Just it don't Dominion? Watch Dominion is the the Dominion. I saw both cuts. The Skarsgård is, is he's going to carry a film. He's going to carry a film. It does not matter how bad it is. He's him, his son. It's the family. It's just wow. Like you know, he was in he was in a, a, a superhero movie. I know, and it was one of the worst ones. Terrible. It was a <laughs> Thor movie, but it was he, the Thor movie. But he's believable in that film. Yeah. So that's that's where you come back to it with character development. Wait, wasn't Skarsgård also in Mystery Men? Didn't we just watch that again and he is? Is he in that? I believe so. Okay, that's a superhero movie that I do like, but that movie is... <laughs> it's different, though. It's yeah. freaking funny. It's different. Yeah. It's very different because I'm it's the a shoveler. play on it, right? So <laughs> I'm the shoveler and I shovel yeah. very well. The so not to get toaster. too much on the tangent, this has been the Haunted Garage Drive-In. This was our horror film festival for 2021. These are our winners. Visit the website to learn more about these exciting actors, these exciting directors, these exciting films. They're going to keep hitting because we... Guess what, guys? We have our own cameras and we have our own lighting and we have a group of friends that are really talented and we don't need Hollywood and these films explain why you don't so check it out at hauntedgaragehorrorfest.com from all of us here at the Haunted Garage Studios I'm Frankie Campoletto I'm Jeremy David King and I'm Sarah King we'll be seeing you we wish you high gears and high revs.